Stew Does America. Super Bowl this week. It's coming up fast. We have a terrifying prediction of where the biggest sporting event in the world is going to be very, very soon. I think you'll like it. It's youtube.com slash stewdoesamerica. Check it out. It's our newest bit we just posted there. You can check it out. We're trying to do these, you know, I don't know, once a week, once every other week, something like that. Give you something a little bit different to laugh at in a world of constant chaos. Dan Andros is going to be here to choose a side on my big election bet with Glenn Beck. Nikki Haley shills her campaign on Saturday Night Live. Uh, but we're going to start by doing the border bill battle. Now, let me start here. If you go on CNN, you're supposed to do certain things. You're supposed to hit certain standards. For example, don't be wearing a fishnet T-shirt, right? Like that's like a basic thing. You're going to go in there, going to be dressed somewhat nicely, right? Uh, you're going to be able to uh, potentially communicate with uh, others. And of course, whenever they ask you a question about the border, you're going to side with the left and you're going to act like there's no problem. And the only reason there is a problem is because of conservatives, right? Like you understand that's your role here. Um, unfortunately for John Miller, he went on CNN and he did not understand what he was supposed to say. They were discussing uh, whether crime rings of, of illegal immigrants were stealing stuff and they were seemingly going from New York and stealing stuff and then going to Florida to sell it. And there was an interesting back and forth on this one. I'm looking at the dates that their arrest started, which is probably close to when they got here. They've only been here a couple of months. So what the detectives are telling me is they have crews here that operate in New York, do all their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money and then come back. And I'm like, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And they said, because there you go to jail. Oh, great point. <laughs> great point. Yes, it is a great point. You see, when you have a society that respects the rule of law, people don't want to commit crimes there as much. I mean, that's just the way it works. And unfortunately for everyone on CNN, eh, they don't always they don't always understand that. OK, um, let me go to the polling on this, because, of course, the real reason why this is an issue for the left is not because they care about the border. The border has been around forever and they've never cared about it. It's always been a problem. I mean, granted, not this big of a problem. You know, but it was always there was always a meteor out in space. It looked like it was kind of coming towards the world. Now, we're kind of at the situation now where we're in that like scene in deep impact where you can kind of see the the giant comet you know breaking through the atmosphere a little bit it's a bit of a problem uh, maybe a bigger problem that's more immediate than it ever has been before and of course it's not just the border that is screwing biden's presidency up right now and his potential for re-election a uh, 20-point deficit on handling the economy highlights biden's struggles against trump and you can see this in, you know, you can see where the polling's going in a general election matchup month by month by month. July 23, it was uh, Biden up by four in September of 23. Uh, they were tied. In November of 2023, well, Trump is up by two. And this latest poll, January 2024, Trump is up by five. Now, of course, I will give you the caveat that every liberal media outlet is giving their listeners today, which is if you if he gets convicted of a felony, Biden will actually be ahead, according to those voters. And that is what the poll showed, though. I don't know. We'll see. I will see if that holds up. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical honestly, of that. Now, it's one thing if they were to get him on some new evidence in one of these trials that really like made people gasp, possibly this stuff would happen. But I don't know. Show me a person who's voting for Donald Trump and then but doesn't believe. Well, actually, at the end of the day, 
you know, these seem politically motivated. I think he's going to be able to talk his way out of all this, even if he gets a conviction, which I do expect. I mean, I will be honest with you. They got 91 charges against him. I've said this before, but I don't think they're going to go 0 for 91. There's a good chance, too. And this is another show. Maybe maybe I shouldn't go down this road because we don't have enough time to get to everything. But quickly, I talked about this off the air with Glenn the other day. The upside of this because there's a downside, right? Okay, Trump gets convicted of a felony, and uh, and you know he, the downside for the Trump campaign is maybe some voters skedaddle. But the upside is, you wonder if all of this is sort of built in in voters' minds that he's being charged with all these things, and because they're coming from Biden and the left, that you know, of course, he's going to get convicted of all these things. If he is somehow able to avoid all of it, all the problems, we're already seeing the Georgia case kind of shake apart. If he's able to to avoid those, and or he gets let's say, a slap on the wrist, a misdemeanor, a fine, something nonsensical, something that's over and done with, that could do the opposite. Like, people could say, oh, my gosh, they came after him with 91 charges and nothing happened at the end. That could wind up backfiring against the Democrats. And I just just want to see that on their faces, frankly. I think it would be fun. Um, by the way, I will note that these polls, with Biden losing to Trump, is another step in Glenn's favor on our election bet. Uh, you know, this theory of replacing the candidate in his mind with Michelle Obama, this is what needs to happen. If Biden's down by like 8, 10, 12 points, 15 points as we go into May or June, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think partisanship is a little stronger than that. But if that does occur, they probably will be looking to replace the candidate. I mean, still probably most likely in my mind is Kamala Harris, even though she's a catastrophe in and of herself. She's like seemingly less popular than even Biden. But of course, out there as well are people like Gavin Newsom and uh, what's her face from Michigan. And, uh, you know, of course, then Michelle Obama as well. Um, Let me look at a few of these polling issues for you. Um, who would be stronger on the border, securing it and controlling immigration? Um, Trump, uh, eh, you know, uh, is up by 35 points on that measure. Um, having um, the necessary mental and physical health to be president. Again, like Donald Trump, over the years, the knock on Trump was that he was erratic, you know, in his personal life, right? Like he was, he was said crazy things. He did crazy things. He, you know, it was chaotic. The whole point of Biden getting elected, in his mind, was to come to people and say, hey, we're going to go back to normal. Remember normalcy? Let's have a return to normalcy. I'll tell you that uh, from a pre-produced video from my basement. That was the whole pitch. Has that happened? No. In fact, voters are completely rejecting it. Biden is minus 23 on that calculation. Dealing with the economy. As we mentioned, Biden minus 22. Dealing with crime and violence. Biden minus 21. Being competent and effective. Again, these are things, these are the basic knocks against Trump. These are the things that that Biden was supposed to easily win. Not so much. Biden minus 16. Improving America's standing in the world. Biden minus 11. This one's the funniest one, though. This is the best one. Protecting democracy. Biden is plus two on that measure. And you might say, I think maybe as a conservative, oh, wait a minute, like Biden is doing all sorts of things. Has anyone noticed he's trying to get Trump thrown off the ballot and thrown into prison? He also eliminated all the states he lost in the last primary prospect. This guy's the guy you're going to pitch to me as the face of democracy. But think of the resources the left has put in to paint Donald Trump as the enemy of democracy. He's only done by two points. Two points. That is a catastrophe for Democrats. He does better when it comes to dealing with abortion, as we know. Uh, while it might be morally right to keep children alive, not always the most 
uh, popular policy for whatever reason. So Biden's plus 12 there. And treating immigrants humanely and protecting immigrant rights, he's plus 17, though I don't know if that's at the top of everyone's concern list at the moment when 300,000 are coming across the border every day. Um, the Biden approval uh, rating is slipping. He started in April. Uh, we started in January 2021, of course, but uh, until about July 2021, he was on the positive on that. It has been flipped upside down since then and has been trending the wrong direction. And now his approval rating is 37 percent and disapproval at 60 percent. Now, Trump, people used to tell me all the time, you can't listen to polls. Uh, Donald Trump is actually way more popular than you believe. Uh, and uh, when his approval rating, you know, it doesn't matter. Sure, it shows him uh, in the mid 40s all the time, in the low 40s, but that's no big deal. Well, his approval rating one year out from that election was 46%. Joe Biden's 37%. Number one, what does that tell you if you're a Democrat? Number two, it does show you that when the polls, the polls will reflect reality. I mean, they're not perfect, but they do give you, uh, generally speaking, a, a sense of what reality is. And for most voters, the reality is that Joe Biden sucks. Their reality is your reality. Congratulations. If the Republican primary for president were being held today, which one would you favor? This is a Republican general, like a uh, nationwide uh, primary poll. Doesn't give you too much value, but it's Trump up by a million points, 79 to 19. So a nice 60 point lead there. Trump also holds the 22 point advantage over Biden on the economy. 55 percent picking Trump, 33 percent picking Biden. This is the important piece to this context, though. When this question was asked last in October 2020, a month before Biden's victory over Trump, Joe Biden only trailed by seven. So he's gone from minus seven to minus 22. He was able to squeak out a victory with a minus seven rating. Minus 22. Can he do that? I mean, I would say if the election were held today, the answer to that would be no. There's a lot of time to come and we don't have too much time to go into the economic stuff that came out today. But, you know, another one of these situations where the media has completely switched into uh, for a while there, they were talking about inflation. They would mention it. They would say it's a problem for Biden. They have completely gone into, actually, the economy's great, and I don't know why these idiots don't realize it. That's the mode they're in now. This is going to be a fantastic and interesting test to see if the mainstream media can do this anymore. You know, I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh. I remember listening to him, you know, after high school when I was first getting interested in politics and listening to Rush. And, and it was always, you know, the drive by media, the mainstream media talking about what they could do to affect voters. They did it. You know, they tried really hard to present their stories in a way. And of course, that has continued to this day. The question is, we know it was effective back then. The question is, is it effective still today? Rush was able to push back on that on the talk radio front. Of course, then Glenn comes along as well and, and many others. And now we have the Internet. But I don't know. Is it effective? Can the New York Times convince the American people anymore that the economy is good when they don't think it is? This is going to be a test of that, and we will find out. Senators have released a border and Ukraine deal as well. This is on the House Speaker is going to declare it dead on arrival. The reason why this bill exists, of course, is because do you remember those polls we just talked about? Uh, the issue polls? Biden on immigration, minus 35. That's why this bill exists, because he realizes it's a major problem, and now he's got to do something about it. Now, Mike Johnson's having none of it. He says, he says, I've seen enough. This bill is even worse than we expected and won't come close to ending the border catastrophe that Biden has created. As the lead Democrat negotiator proclaimed under this legislation, quote, the border never closes. It's a bad quote if you're trying to push together this uh, administration's uh, plan and policy here. If this bill reaches the House, it will be dead on arrival. Now, of course, Biden decided he, to, comp, uh, to comment or 
Let's be honest, one of his interns wrote a statement that he didn't actually say, but we're supposed to believe that he did. Statement from from, uh, Joe Biden, bipartisan Senate National Security Agreement. He says this, I want to be clear about something. If you believe, as I do, that we must secure the border now, who the hell would believe this? It's as if we're supposed to believe this is just a totally different person than the person who's been here this entire time. I want you to know, I want border security. Why don't, why don't these Republicans also want it? I've been demanding it this entire time. What, like, what world are we in? We all know who you are. We've known what you've been saying over the past couple of years. Um, he says that we must secure the border now. Doing nothing is not an option. You know, they've come a long way from the border is secure um, uh, to copyright with a good old Jen Psaki and Mayorkas. Do you remember when they were pitching this? Actually, the border's fine. Actually, everything's fine. What are you talking about? Why are you saying this? It's not true. You must hate people. When you complain about border security, that means you hate brown people. Okay, that's been the pitch for how long from the Democrats? And then here we are. Now they want the border secure. I don't know if they also are racists. I'm not sure exactly how that works. But they say nothing uh, is uh, doing nothing is not an option anymore. After all of this time of telling you how there's nothing going on in the border. Now they want border security and they want you to believe that. It's incredible. Working with my administration, the president continues, the United States Senate has done the hard work it takes to reach a bipartisan agreement. Now, House Republicans have to decide, do they want to solve the problem or do they want to keep playing politics with the border? I've made my decision because I'm a border hawk. I'm ready to solve the problem. I'm ready to secure the border. I'm glad you're ready now. He says, so are the American people. The American people have been ready to do this for a long time. You've ignored them. You've told them there is no problem. You said over and over again, this is actually not a concern. And over and over again, people have said to you, wait a minute, it's a major, major problem. And then just over about two weeks ago, you decided to completely 180 on your opinion and act like you're a border hawk. I mean, are we in bizarro world? I don't even understand how anyone could believe this. It's incredible. Again, another wonderful test on voters. Are we this stupid? Wouldn't be shocked if the answer is yes. We'll see. Um, Now, the bill's details came out. I'll go through some of them here. We had this big pitch from the people putting it together, including Lankford uh, from Oklahoma, who said, look, you, you can't be judging this based on Internet rumor. And I said to you, actually, like we're getting this from both CNN and Fox News reporting in a lot of detail what is in this bill. But I mean, if it's not right, like I want to make sure we're judging the right the the right bill. And so I told you, uh, here are the reported details from I think it was Manu Raju and Bill Malugan. And uh, this is what we know about the bill. Um, but we don't know it for sure. We haven't seen the bill yet. So if the bill comes out and it's different, I, I will tell you about that. Like, I want you to understand what they're actually trying to do here despite the fact that it has long odds and actually passing. Well, they said, wait until you see the bill. Wait until you see the bill. Then the bill was released, and it was completely identical to everything that was reported. I mean, down to the numbers. I mean, it wasn't even like, oh, well, actually, it's uh, 8,500 in one bill, and it's 8,400 in the other. No, both 8,500 for one day was the, uh, the cap. Let me give you some of this stuff. And I will say, before we go into the details, this, in a way, is an optimal time to negotiate an actual solution to the border. And you might think, well, how can you do that with Joe Biden? And it's true. But one thing that Joe Biden actually does want, number one, is to make this political problem go away. So he's incentivized to take a deal he wouldn't normally take. 
And number two, he really wants lots and lots of money for his friends in Ukraine, right? Like he wants lots and lots of money to go to Ukraine and he has to get Republican buy-in on that because he lost the House in the midterms, even though they, they said it was this huge successful election for them. So they need both of those things. They, and they've decided they're going to try to give some stuff to Republicans to get those two things. Now, Republicans are not incentivized, of course, to give him a win on the border or some sort of solving of this problem right now because they want to use it as a, an election uh, issue in theory so they can get into the presidency and uh, eventually pass something better, which is possible but incredibly difficult because you'd need 60 votes to get something passed. Right now, you don't because the Republicans can work with the Democrats and theoretically get it done without 60 votes because the Democrats wouldn't block their president's own proposal. Sometimes it is one of these situations where um, it's better to do this when your guy is not president because no, you're, you're never going to get 60 votes with Donald Trump, right? Because they, there's enough, there's even Republicans who hate him enough probably to not let that happen. Um, you know, and we've seen these negotiations before where the Republicans have something the Democrats want and they try to negotiate with it. You know, a government shutdown is an example of this. They say, well, we're not going to open up the government until you give us X, Y and Z. But what happens at the end of that every time? Of course, Republicans fold and they fold because in reality, they actually don't want the government to shut down for any lengthy period of time. They know it's a political hassle for them. They want their buddies to keep getting their money. So they want to be able to keep doing all the things that they're doing in Washington. So they don't want that shutdown to happen. Here's a situation, though, with Ukraine funding where it's not even that they're opposed to it. They're sort of just eh, at this point, I think. Most Republicans, honestly, I think you've got them behind closed doors. They'd say they'd like to give this money to Ukraine. I think that's really the, the answer here. However, they also know their voters don't want it. So they're kind of in this middle ground where if they can extract something amazing, it might even be worth going for. This, what I'm trying to say is this is the optimal position for negotiation for Republicans. They don't actually care whether they lose Ukraine funding or not. And they can just hold out for something fantastic because they don't have to give up. Because if they give up uh, and give a plan to them, uh, to the Democrats, it's actually a hit on their candidate for president. So what happens? They have the optimal negotiating position and get something that is very, very weak. Um, so what do we get out of this deal? Let's go. Um, and, and this is an interesting piece of context from uh, the aforementioned Bill Malugan. Uh, interesting context, the $60 billion in Ukraine assistance in the Senate is larger than the entire budget of the U.S. Marine Corps requested for 2024, which was $53 billion. So they really want to help uh, Ukraine and give them lots and lots of stuff. Here's some of the situations, uh, in, in, individual, I can't go through all of it because it would take forever, but no amnesty or legalization of anyone already in the U.S. So there's not an, an existing amnesty plan. Obviously, that would be a drop-dead situation, even for the Senate, probably on the Republican side immediately. No surprise that's not in there. Funds an increase of ICE detention capacity to approximately 50,000 from the current 34,000. What's fascinating about this is you think 16,000 is making the difference? 16,000 detentions? That's peanuts. Uh, when we're talking about potentially up to 8,500 coming over in one day, adding 16,000 when it comes to detention facilities is not going to make much of a dent in this issue. At a seven-day rolling average of 5,000 encounters per day or 8,500 encounters in a single day, DHS is required, highlighted required, to shut the border down and turn away anyone who crosses. This is about as hard as, uh, as a summary of this bill as I've seen. No new asylum claims would be allowed and anybody crossing the uh, crossing will be removed. It would end the whole idea of, quote, I made it to U.S. soil and now you have to process me, end quote. Uh, 
that would be over uh, and Border Patrol would not process the illegal crosser and they would be removed. No asylum claim permitted unless it's made at a port of entry. Look, I mean, again, I've mentioned this from the very beginning that there is some stuff in here that would probably improve the situation if they followed through with that. The question is, do you believe they would follow through? As Malugan follows up here, this does not mean 5,000 are allowed in. That's been the talking point on the right, allowed in before this authority kicks in. Single adults would be detained. Families would be released via ATD, a new term I love, alternatives to detention. And asylum cases would be fast-tracked to months rather than years under the new rapid expedited expulsion system. It's a nice fancy term. Those who fail would be quickly removed from the U.S., Those who initially pass would be released with work authorization and 90-day supervision until the final asylum claim is determined. The shutdown does not actually go away until crossings decrease significantly. Again, the same exact numbers that we heard in the initial reporting. Significantly tougher asylum requirements and a higher credible fear standard, including three bars to eligibility. And this would improve things on the asylum claim at least a little bit if it was handled seriously. Uh, criminal history, we've got a criminal history, you're in trouble. Could you have resettled in another country on the way to the U.S.? Uh, that would be a good thing to screen against. Could they have resettled somewhere else in their own country? That would be positive. They're saying that just saying you're scared to return home will no longer be enough. No accompanied minors can be removed. And some of these minors who receive uh, will receive attorneys, either pro bono or taxpayer funded. That sounds wonderful. It ends, ends, it ends some catch and release, but not all. There's a provision. This is an unbelievable deal breaker here. And a provision in the bill that will allow the president to suspend the shutdown authority. It says, basically, if Biden is like, ah, And it's in the best interest of the country. We're going to just knock out the entire border shutdown for 45 days. What's the point of this? It is required to kick in, but then he could stop it for 45 days. That doesn't make much sense either. I will say uh, the Border Patrol Union has come out in support of this bill. They actually like it. They think it's an improvement. They say it's not perfect, but they do say uh, we endorse this bill and hope for a quick passage. And this is all going on while the big rally went on in uh, Texas. And uh, just let me give you this headline real quick before we go, because we're, we're running super late. But this is the New York Times at rally for border security in Texas. Fears of invasion and civil war. A conservative convoy gathered on the Texas border to support the state's defiant stance on immigration, despite worries over potential violence. The event was peaceful. So they wanted to scare you as much as they could for 95 percent of that headline. And then at the end, the event was peaceful. Eh, Throw that away. That's that's in the last paragraph. All right. We have uh, more coming up. We're going to talk Michelle Obama as the next Democratic nominee for president. We'll do that next. Do you feel like some of your investments sometimes are out of line with uh, your values? I feel like this is a really common problem with conservatives right now. Um, So do you avoid shopping at businesses with uh, people who offend your values? It can be difficult to do, but a lot of people already are doing that, especially on the right. We're looking at a parallel economy, something we can do to avoid giving money to the people that hate our guts. So why invest your retirement funds in those same businesses when you could be aligning your investment values with your values? 
Well, that's why you need Constitution Wealth. They can help you build a solid investment plan because you still have to retire someday. You still got to get those returns, but you can reduce your investments in stuff like ESG and DEI, uh, gambling, pornography, abortion, anti-family policies, drugs, alcohol, whatever, whatever value is being violated in your portfolio. You probably even don't even know what it is, but you can suss all that out with the people at Constitution Wealth. This is your opportunity to build the parallel economy by working with an investment firm comprised of professionals who know what they're doing, but they're also patriots just like you working with an advisor who shares your conservative patriotic values. Why would you go anywhere else? ConstitutionWealth.com. ConstitutionWealth.com slash Stu. Sign up for a free consultation today. Get your alignment uh, with your values and your investments. ConstitutionWealth.com slash Stu. So last week, I'm on the radio show with Glenn, and we're going back and forth about the election, just talking about what's coming in the future. And there's so much up in the air right now. This has been the weirdest election of all time, and I can't take any possibility and just throw it in the trash. Uh, However, we were talking about this specifically, and Glenn had brought this theory up several times and decided to finally put his money where his mouth is on it. Watch. We'll do 50-50. We'll give even odds. And I'll say it's going to be Joe Biden. You say it's going to be Michelle Obama. So what does that mean? Even odds? You just get what? You 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 bet $10, you win $10. Okay. So let's bet a thousand bucks. A thousand bucks. Put your money where your mouth is, a thousand bucks. So you're saying you're going to give me a thousand dollars if Joe Biden is the nominee for the Democrats? On it. No, wait, wait, wait. Mm -hmm. If he is the guy running when the election happens. When the election happens. Yeah. If he's the guy running when the election happens. Like he's the guy on the ballot. He's the guy we're voting for or against yeah. on that day. Michelle, And, he's, and mm-hmm. it's not some technicality where like he's still on the ballot. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm willing to be right. totally. Okay. Yes, I'm in. Okay. hundred percent. All right. I'm in. Thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. Okay. You got it. All right. There you go. So a thousand bucks. One of us is going to be a little bit lighter. Of course, it's you never make uh, a bet with a person who's much, much richer than you are because they don't care if they lose. But. That's a whole other story. I'm now brought in by Dan Andros. He's a managing editor of CBN News, host of CBN's Quick Start podcast, which you can subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Dan, thanks for coming on the show. And you saw this moment happen. You know about this wager I've made with Glenn Beck. I, I mean, is this a terrible move on my part? Or, I mean, am I in for, you know, maybe a fun party uh, after November? Well, I can't vouch for Glenn's uh you know, gambling skills. You know, he should have gotten he should have gotten some odds from you, perhaps. Yes, uh, I would have given like, him odds on that. Yeah. Kudos to Glenn because that that just shows that he doesn't gamble a lot. Um, but I am on Team Glenn when it comes to. I've been on this the <laughs> Michelle Obama train. Now, I still think really? it's unlikely to happen just because Joe Biden doesn't want to relinquish the power, right? Like he, he it's very clear. He, he, I remember Barack Obama saying before he decided to run saying, Joe, you don't have to do this. Interesting comments from, from <laughs> Barack Obama, who's, was his vice president was, was Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not saying that it's likely to happen, but I guarantee you there are democratic operatives that are clamoring to get Michelle Obama in there because I really think she would almost be a mortal lock to win this thing. But just because of how much the media loves her, how much they'll want Barack Obama back. And, and let's be honest, like 
Barack Obama is not a vegetable at this point, right? Like I don't, you know, you could say what you want about all of his policies, but at least it doesn't look like he could have a health issue at any moment. Um, so I, just for a whole lot of reasons, I would think the media would go absolutely crazy over the first woman president and Barack Obama back in the White House as the first first guy or whatever you'd call him. <laughs> um, so I just think the it's a a lot better forecast for them than than it would be with with currently with Joe Biden, who's struggling to beat a Trump who's got all kinds of issues going on. Right. So. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense to me that they'd want to do it. Now, can they actually pull it off? I don't know. I don't know. But I would say, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a gambler either, but I would say it's a good 10 to 20 percent chance to if I had to guess uh, first, that, that, that it that it might happen. Um, first yeah. of all, it's first gentleman. Uh, just so you know, Barack Obama, okay. first right. gentleman in that situation. Not first guy. Uh, not, not first guy. I believe. Uh, Doug, whatever his name is, is uh, yeah. Kamala's husband, is second gentleman right now, which is like, wow, what a what a title, what a uh, title, yeah, second gentleman. Um, but so, like, let's break this down a little bit because I think like we're actually kind of saying, I think we're actually kind of in a similar position. I know you're on Team Glenn as far as this theory goes, but my theory, my point on this bet, as you noted, is first of all, it's a value bet. Like, I, I look at this and say, right, look, I, I think you're right. It might be a you say 10% chance, maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's 5%, maybe it's 20%, but it's certainly not 50%, I don't think. So being able to acquire this at even odds, I thought was a very big win for myself. Right. That part I agree with you, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's the one of the reasons why I don't think it's a 50% chance is not because what you just laid out is not true. Like, what you just laid out is true. If, if she were to jump into this race, particularly if it was on the later side, with all the backing of the DNC, they you know, either, God forbid, Joe Biden actually has a health problem or they fake a health problem um, or whatever it is to get him out, they slide in uh, Michelle Obama, which would be, again, difficult in some ways. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but if they were to do that, she would enter the race with a large lead. I, I think that is true. I think she would lead the field uh, and, and lead Donald Trump in the polls at the start for a while. Now, Donald Trump does have a way of dismantling people who look like strong candidates. So maybe he'd come up with some magical formula to take her down. Maybe she'd say something stupid. We've seen this happen before out of the mouth <laughs> of Michelle Obama. But there is like a bunch of sort of what, a bunch of ifs built into that, right? Number one, the uh, polling has to continue to be bad and get worse for Joe Biden for them to even think about attend, uh, attending yeah. this. Number two, Michelle has to say yes and be involved in it and want to do it. Number three, they'd have to figure out a way to bypass Kamala, which is easier with Michelle Obama because you're going with a, a woman of color uh, again. I, I, but still, you'd have to get past her, which would be probably difficult. And then, you know, she also has to campaign, go through all the stuff, get on the ballots, get through all the, you know, the whatever in the DNC that could slow that down and then still win. So there's a lot of things there but in between us and a Michelle Obama presidency. That's true. But as we said, well, let's just get the Kamala one out of the way. Uh, that one's easy because, look, go ahead, run against Kamala. She's going to poll at about 1%. So... <laughs> So uh, she'll have to drop out, you know, like she did right last away. Time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then also Democrats, uh, Stu, we've, we've seen that they clearly have an infrastructure in place to deal with voting 
issues and getting people on ballots and finding ways to just harvest ballots and knock on your door and say, hey, who are you voting for today? I'll bring it in. They got they that didn't just happen by happenstance. They have a whole team in place that's working to change these rules and they were just waiting for the excuse. And when COVID came, lo and behold, they had all of these new rules to put into place. Well, how did that happen? Well, I guarantee you, because some of the reports were that Michelle Obama was talking to hedge fund managers and trying to get their support. If she did indeed in the summer of 2022, as it's reported, ask for you know some help to get maybe a potential uh you know starting the you know the back the backdoor campaign going and she's got millions and millions of dollars i you know maybe some of this stuff is already in place uh, i would say actually the biggest question is does she want to do and the other thing was the saying dumb things and the controversy and that kind of stuff well if you remember Stu, her controversies back in 08 when when barack obama first came onto the scene they were like oh you know he's got a wife that says some crazy things she said, I think her quote was, uh, for the first time in my adult life, I'm proud of this country. So the insinuation was she doesn't like America. Well, guess what? No one likes America now on the left. <laughs> they all are openly hating America and protesting the national anthem. So that ship has sailed. She can say whatever she wants on that front, and it's not going to hurt her at all. Yeah. Like, I, they're not going to have to try to hide her from that. Like, she's she's right in the mainstream now. They've all caught up with her, the mainstream, the mainstream left. But I think actually the biggest hurdle probably— um, aside from actually the ballot stuff, too, because you're right, that's going to be that's going to be a heavy lift trying to actually get that transition to happen, especially in a short period of time. But does she want to run? She's getting paid tens of millions of dollars to make crappy documentaries on Netflix. <laughs> and I guarantee you, she doesn't even they don't even do anything. Her right. and Barack, they probably just put their names on it. Right. So they're just they're just sipping on mimosas out in, you know, Martha's Vineyard. And, uh, you know, watching staff members die and all this. Other. OK, that, that was too soon. That was too soon. <laughs> too but soon. <laughs> um, but seriously, they're living the sweet life, right? They've got millions and millions of dollars. And do they why bother? Right. Like, why yeah, bother? At this point? I, so. I don't think I mean, we've we've you know covered these presidential campaigns. They're not fun. I don't think she'd enjoy it. And I think, honestly, she would only do it if she jumped in on the later side. Right. Like she doesn't want to have to go through a full presidential campaign. She doesn't want to be touring. Uh, you know, Iowa, even though they're not really doing an Iowa situation this year. But like that's right. New Hampshire is a rough life going through these some of these states. It's cold. It's miserable. You're in hotel after hotel. She doesn't want that. She wants to just basically walk into it. So I will say, like your your description, I think most of it I actually agree with. And it puts me in this position of like confident because I think it's hard to remove a president who wants to stay there. It is yeah. really hard for a party to do that. We've seen over and over again candidates with terrible approval ratings and no real prospects of success able to hold on to those nominations. So that's part one. But the part, the second part of it is it's confident, but like acknowledging that I'm a little scared of losing. Like I, I don't <laughs> think it's a 100% guarantee I'm winning this bet. I, I can see this turning against me really quickly and uh, you know you're helpless to stop it right and if it does happen i think you're right and dan we've got about a minute left here but like give me the what this looks like what does this election look like if michelle gets in what do those four or five months look like and what do we have at the end of it oh man i mean i just think you see an absolute media frenzy just like you've never seen before remember the the institutional left right now they they don't like joe biden they don't like him. I mean, he's a white cis guy, right? Like he's establishment Joe. He's just been around forever. They don't like him. So you're going to see fawning like you have never 
seen before. And I and I just I don't know how Trump has a charm about doing the names and everything with particularly Republicans. It works very well. I, I don't know that it's going to work with Michelle Obama, at least enough to keep the average Joe, the schlubs who I say are the ones that decide the elections, the ones, the fence sitters that sometimes go and sometimes don't. She'll unfortunately be able to move them, uh, I think, to the polls. And I will say this, Dan, in addition, because their approval ratings are still pretty good. That would probably change at some level when she actually got in the race because, you know, like those people on the fence, you know, it it happens with everybody. Um, But can you imagine how much money she would be able to raise? I mean, she would have... The, D- the DNC establishment, all the Obama infrastructure that already exists, not to mention she's raising $100 million. She's not even running. She's doing dumb podcasts and, and, and documentaries that she doesn't even do anything for. She's raising $100 million. Can you imagine how much money she would be able to bring in to support this campaign? It would be sh- legitimately shocking. It would be. And uh, boy, the next four years would be something else. huh? <laughs> oh, please don't make me think about that part of it. Dan Andros, managing editor at CBN News. Honestly, the best part of that situation is me having to give Glenn a thousand dollars. Everything else about wild. it is much, much worse. <laughs> You'd never hear the end of that. Never. Uh, uh, honestly, him torturing me, though, compared to what's going to happen to the country. I'm fine with the torture. Uh, CBN's Quick Start podcast is where you can hear Dan Andros each morning. Head over and subscribe today. Dan, thanks so much for coming on. All right. Thanks for having me. Well, if you're watching SNL this weekend, you were in for a surprise because they went to the audience and they said, hey, here's a concerned voter from South Carolina. And who was it? But Nikki Haley. Oh, man. You want to talk about, wow, they're just on, on the cutting edge right now. And they're just, you know, they're just doing great work over there at SNL. Here is, uh, this is what it looked like, by the way. This is her. Uh, she was stood up and she basically made some anti-Trump points about how he was should be debating her and how he keeps forgetting things and saying uh, the wrong names. And that was the big joke, I guess. So in case you wanted to see that, you can see it. Uh, I I will say notable on the SNL front also was that they're going to bring Shane Gillis on to host in a few weeks, which is incredible. They fired him. They canceled him a year and a half ago, two years ago. And he uh, has made a great career for himself, and now he's going to be host instead of just some low-level cast member. We're going to have Jamie Kilstein on tomorrow. We should talk to him about about that. I'd love to hear what he uh, has to say about this because, I don't know, is cancel culture dead? I don't know. Now, cancel culture isn't entirely dead, at least at CNN, because they canceled their morning show. This had nothing to do with anything that they said. They just It just wasn't working at all, and they were getting terrible ratings. CNN cancels current morning show and AM shakeup. It actually, like... It's not even AM shakeup. They're going after the whole thing. They're trying to rip this thing up and see if they can figure out anything that works. And honestly, like, I don't even think the people behind trying to make these decisions are failures or horrible or anything like that. I just feel like it's almost hopeless. Like, half the country does not trust CNN almost no matter what goes on in the air there. I don't know that it's savable for them. And then, like, what do you do? You play to, I guess, your liberal audience and you just put on shills that just say whatever the Democratic talking points are. Like, it's not an inspiring future for CNN at this point at this point. Same thing I would say for Joe Biden. Uh, Not an inspiring future. As we mentioned, his polls are in the toilet. And you'd think as a guy who claims to have a great economy, that he's done a great job, he's the most accomplished president of all time, all these things he's saying about himself, you'd think you'd want a very prominent forum to discuss all of those successes leading into an election year in which you're losing by anywhere from, you know, two to 10 points. Well, 
He's now declined the Super Bowl interview for the second consecutive year. This is a staple for a very long time in this country. Whoever was hosting the uh, Super Bowl coverage would have the president on that, uh, you know, that same day. Lots of eyeballs, obviously. You'd get to see the president talking about what's going on as you lead into an important issue. And Biden is like, well, I'd rather stay in the basement. If people hear me talk, things go bad for me. So he's not going to be doing this yet again. I mean, just an embarrassing embarrassing situation. Now, not quite as embarrassing as the Media Matters employees who came out and said, I, well, he shouldn't do that interview because, first of all, we shill anything that the Democrats say, so we have to, of course, back him up. And secondly, it's on Fox, and Fox is bad, and Fox has done bad things. They helped an insurrection. And then everyone in the world had to inform them that, of course, the Super Bowl is on CBS, not Fox. But yet another embarrassing escapade, not only for our president, but also Media Matters. This past December, drug shortages hit a record high, and this is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments. There are delays, there are treatment cancellations, there are unfortunate rationings of vital medications. Now, even these drugs uh, that are coming off the market and are hard to find are basic, like you know, antibiotics. Like There's still hundreds of other drugs as well that are in short supply. This is a major problem. Doctors are even saying they've been forced to make impossible choices, including which choices, uh, which patients get which drugs. Like, this is crazy. This should not be happening in America. You could protect yourself and your family, your loved ones, with the Jace case. It's a personalized emergency kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. Get your own, buy a gift card for your family, your loved ones, so they can get a Jace case of their own. They can personalize it with their needs. Be prepared with Jace Medical. It's J. ASEmedical.com. Enter the code STU at checkout for order. Again, it's Jace Medical. Uh, the promo code is STU at JASEmedical.com. JASEmedical.com. It's the Jace case from Jace Medical. I'll be off later this week uh, in a little uh, Monday as well for the Super Bowl, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. We do have kind of a preview of the Super Bowl up on YouTube.com slash Stu Does America. It's a preview of what the Super Bowl will become in the future. And I think if you understand wokeness and the direction that we're going in, this is probably where this crap ends up. Uh, check it out, youtube.com slash America. While you're there, make sure to click that bell uh, and follow the channel as well, because you'll get um, an alert every time that we do a new one of these comedy bits. There's a new one up right now, and it is on Studas America's YouTube page, youtube.com slash America. Okay, so here's what happened. A man has denied throwing a much-loved chicken into an alligator pit. This happened in Australia. He's saying he did not do this. And, you know, of course, you can always mistake there's just a chicken in the alligator pit. Now, the interesting part about this is uh, the alligator, uh, you know, of course, that's not, you know, they like to eat the chicken, just like probably you do. But you don't want to eat a chicken named Betty White, do you? No, of course not. Here's the chicken. Uh, it has Betty White, much loved chicken named Betty White, was thrown to the alligator pit. And this is a big controversy. Now, I will say um, one thing that everyone has missed on this story. You don't throw animals named Betty White to alligators. Betty White 
throws animals to alligators, as shown in the nature documentary Lake Placid. I like that movie, though. Uh, I will say, as I feel sad that Betty's not here with us anymore after seeing her again. I loved her. And also, Betty Wet the Chicken's not with us either. So we lose on both counts.